Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, November 14th, and this is your FT News Briefing. WeWork pins high quarterly losses on rapid office openings. An app that's meant to help Europeans living in the UK post-Brexit is vulnerable to hackers. Google is talking about getting into banking, and Donald Tusk takes a jab at Brexiters in a Wednesday evening speech. But first, we had more than five hours of open impeachment hearings yesterday. I'll chat with the FT's Peter Spiegel as he unpacks what we learned. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Yesterday, members of U.S. Congress held the first day of open impeachment hearings on the Trump administration dealings with Kiev. But the White House weighed in even before the hearings got underway. With a Donald Trump tweet storm, trying to, as he frankly uh, is wont to do, distract everyone from the proceedings that were about to happen. That's the FT's Peter Spiegel. And there were other distractions throughout the day. Mr. Trump hosted Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan at the White House as the hearings were going on. Mr. Trump said he didn't keep up with them. I haven't watched. I haven't watched for one minute because I've been with the president, which is much more important as far as I'm concerned. But despite the distractions, Congress still had its hearing. Peter starts us off by talking about the acting U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, William Taylor, and his testimony. So Taylor is one of the most consequential witnesses that has emerged over the last month. He is the highest ranking U.S. diplomat in Kiev, in Ukraine, because remember, Trump sacked the sitting ambassador because she was not cooperating with some of these pressure efforts. Right. And we'll actually hear from her, her being Marie Yovanovitch, on Friday when she testifies before Congress. That's right. She's going to be the next uh, public testimony, which which opens on Friday uh, in front of the same committee. So he was the key witness today because he is the one who first raised the alarm and has the most direct interaction with the core inner circle of the Trump team on this. Um, Now, his testimony was in many ways a repeat of his closed committee testimony that he gave last month, which has already, frankly, been made public, with one key exception. He said that in between this hearing and his last hearing, a staffer remembered that he had overheard a conversation between the president of the United States, who was on the cell phone at the time, and Gordon Sondland, who is the U.S. ambassador to the EU, in which he could hear the president talking about the investigations the staffer turned to Sondland after the phone call was over and said, what was that about? And Sondland says that Trump was once again showing that he cared more about the Bidens than he did about Ukraine security. This, I think, was the biggest news line of the day because we now have the voice of the president saying uh, and talking about these investigations, which he was obsessed about. All right, Peter. And who is the other man testifying, the one who was wearing the bow tie? So the other person who testified was George Kent. Now, Kent is interesting. He is the basically the chief Eastern European hand at the State Department in Washington, Maine State, as they call it. He's Deputy Assistant Secretary of State for uh, European and Eurasian Affairs. So he has just sort of could tell the tale of what was happening within the State Department. Now, most of his testimony is second or third hand. Interestingly, he was also there in the Obama administration and raised some alarms about the Biden's activities. You know, the fact that Hunter Biden, uh, Vice President Biden's son, decided to join a board of Ukrainian energy company. At the time, his father was pushing the Ukrainians to stop corruption, he raised alarms about this. He thought it was actually not such a good thing. So that was interesting testimony. But frankly, Taylor was the one we watched today. Okay, so Peter, what do Republicans make of all this? So this was the one real sort of chink in the armor that Republicans managed to get during the hearing, which was that they pressed both Taylor and Kent 
have you actually discussed the president of the United States on any of these issues? And they both acknowledge they never talked to him. Well, how can this be an impeachment hearing of the president of the United States if you've never talked to the president of the United States? Now, left unsaid is the people who did talk directly to the president of the United States on this have been barred from testifying by the White House itself. Right. And there is a court cases going on about whether they can be compelled to testify. We have John Bolton, a national security advisor, who has dangled some rather enticing potential testimony if a court allows him to respond to the subpoena. But that was the one area where the Republicans made some hay today uh, and I think did some damage to the Democrats' case. And now after yesterday's hearing, what do Democrats plan to do next? So this was another interesting thing where in Adam Schiff's statements throughout the day, he gave it a little bit more clarity as to the three areas, I would argue, that they are considering impeachment charges. The first one is just abuse of power. Uh, it's sort of a blanket charge that can encompass any sorts of things. And I think that is sort of aiming very much at what he did with the Ukrainians, abusing his office to use American foreign policy to uh, allegedly improve his own political ends, go after his political rivals, dig up dirt on them, whatnot. Number two is much more specific. Um, he used the phrase to coerce or bribe an ally. Coerce, extort, or bribe. So that was number two. But number three, which was interesting as well, is obstruction. You know, he has arguably obstructed the congressional investigation uh, that is ongoing into impeachment. Uh, and that, too, could be a third count, uh, impeachment count. And it looked like all three of those were going to be the way Schiff is headed. And here are the rest of today's headlines. New figures show that WeWork's losses jumped ahead of its failed IPO. They reached $1.3 billion in the third quarter. The FT learned of the figures after seeing a slide deck meant for WeWork creditors on Wednesday. The presentation showed that WeWork's cash crunch between June and September came thanks to the company's full-force pursuit to open new offices. WeWork opened nearly 100 offices in the quarter, bringing its total to 625. This was all with the expectation that the company would be able to raise more than $9 billion by going public. The company is now in cost-cutting mode, looking to close some offices. And it's in the process of laying off about a quarter of the company's roughly 14,000 employees. WeWork's board is also looking for a new chief executive. An app that's meant to help European citizens apply to work and live in the UK after Brexit has serious security issues. That's according to researchers at a Norwegian cybersecurity company. So far, more than a million people have downloaded the EU Exit ID document check app for Android smartphones. It was developed by the Home Office, which handles immigration, to help European citizens apply to stay in the UK after it leaves the EU. And it handles sensitive data. Users can upload photographs of passports, they have to submit their names, addresses, and telephone numbers, plus they have to prove their identity by using facial recognition technology. But the researchers at a group called Promon found major loopholes that could allow hackers to take control of the app and access any information entered into it. They could even access the facial scans. Researchers only tested the Android version of the app, but it's also available for iPhone. A spokesperson for the Home Office said the app is regularly tested by independent security firms and, quote, adheres to best practice on security, performance, and accessibility. It looks like Google is the latest tech giant to get into banking. 
The group is talking to U.S. banks about offering smart checking accounts to its customers through Google Pay. Google's push comes as other parts of Silicon Valley have started to creep into the financial services sector. Apple recently launched a credit card with Goldman Sachs, and Facebook has proposed its own digital currency, Libra. But lawmakers are on high alert about the power of big tech. Seeming to address some of these concerns, Google says it plans to work with existing financial services providers, including its first partners, Citigroup and Stanford Federal Credit Union. And Donald Tusk took a few parting shots at Brexiters yesterday. During a keynote speech to students at the College of Europe on Wednesday, the outgoing European Council president warned that those looking to leave the EU are longing for the British Empire. I have heard repeatedly from Brexiteers that they wanted to leave the European Union to make the United Kingdom global again, believing that only alone it can be truly be great. You could, you could hear in these voices a longing for the empire. But the reality is exactly the opposite. Mr. Tusk also warned that Britain will be a, quote, second-rate player on the global stage after it leaves the EU. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today, Walmart reports third-quarter earnings. And executives are expected to shed some light on what investors can expect from the upcoming holiday shopping season. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.